0: day will soon take place, when the redeemed of Adam's race in an instant will all be transformed. Reservoir!
1: I've the nails in my hands laugh at me where you stand go oh, ahead yeah. say it isn't me But you will see that you were wrong. Go ahead, try to hide the sun, but all will see that I.
2: Lord have mercy Matthew chapter 12 I can't even see straight this morning Isn't God good? It is good to be in the Lord's house It is good to have a song to sing It is good to serve a risen Savior A dead Savior is nobody's Savior But He rose again the third day Choir, y'all did awesome. Amen. I praise the Lord through them. Trio did great. I praise the Lord through them. Brother Bruce did awesome job. I praise the Lord through him. Miss Jennifer was used in a mighty way. To God be all the honor and all the glory this morning. I want you to stand for the reading of God's Word. If there's anything worth standing up for, it's the Word of God this morning. I won't keep you very long, but I want to talk to you this morning on this subject, three days of victory. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40, Jesus spoke of his own death. I want you to notice what he said. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word today. Lord, give me power this morning to preach your word. Lord, I just want your anointing today, Lord. I don't want to be seen, but I want you to be seen. Lord, I pray that there's lots of folks here sitting here that don't know you as their personal Savior. And Lord, today I pray that they would lay down their pride and then make you number one in their life and they would be saved. Lord, as the saved draw us closer to you, Lord, encourage us today. And Lord, in the world that we live in, this race that we're in, do we ever need to be reminded that we have victory in You. Lord, thank You for defeating death, hell, and the grave. We love You and we praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about the three days of victory. Last Sunday morning, we talked about the three hours of darkness at Calvary. We talked about the three hours when darkness fell upon the cross. We talked about when the lights were turned out and we looked behind the scenes at what was going on and what Jesus went through in those three hours. Today, I want to look at three days. When Jesus uh, gave up the ghost, he yielded himself before the Lord. The, the Roman soldiers did not kill my Lord and Savior. He gave himself up and he dismissed his, he dismissed his own spirit. And he commended his spirit into his Father. And the Bible says that his spirit left the body and they took his body and they buried him in the tomb. And the Bible says that he was in that tomb for three days and for three nights. And I want to talk about what took place in those three days, in those three nights that made that third day so glorious. I want you to know in those three days was quiet three days. I believe it was a silent three days. Understand an earthquake just took place. Understand dead people just got out of the grave. Understand that five mighty miracles took place at Calvary that changed people. And everybody that was at Jerusalem the day that my Savior was crucified was changed dramatically and tremendously. And I want you to know in those three days, I believe they were in shock. I believe they were in disbelief. I believe they were in awe. Those who denied Him, I believe they were in shock and they wondered what just took place that day in Jerusalem. I believe for those that were saved, the church was already started and going on. Jesus commanded them to go back to the upper room and wait on Him there. And there they went back and they went to that room and I believe God's people was crying. I believe they were weeping because they really still didn't get it that Jesus was going to rise again the third day. And there they sat in that, in that upper room, and they were, Oh, goodness, what are we going to do? Oh, the head of who we are is dead and gone. And I believe they sat there in sorrow, and I believe they sat there in disbelief, worrying to death about what they were going to do. Friend, the earth may have been silent, but I want you to know the spirit world was not quiet. I want you to know the spirit world, the world that our human eyes cannot see, was nothing but quiet during those three days. I want you to know the demon world, the spirit world, was as loud as it's ever been during those three days. While people may have been in mourning, while people may have been quiet here, I want you to know there's another realm and another world that was rocked like it's never been rocked before. I want you to know that when Jesus, they took His body and they put it in the tomb... His spirit was dismissed, and his spirit went to the heart of the earth, is what he said in the book of Matthew chapter 12. He said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so will I be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The spirit of our Lord was dismissed. And it went to the place where people go when they died during that time. I want you to look at the, the three victories that was won during those three days. I want you to look in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. It's one of these sermons today that you've got to stay with me. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit as we go. And if you're going to get the end, you've got to stay with me at the beginning. And I just want to preach a, just a simple, beautiful little sermon about the three days of victory. What Jesus did for us. Colossians chapter 2 and in verse 14 blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now listen to verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he, being Jesus, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The Bible said that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Number one, he spoiled Satan's plans. The victory that Jesus won in those three days is that he spoiled the plans of Satan. The word spoiled here means to strip away, to strip off. Everything the devil designed to do to defeat Jesus and defeat us, Jesus stripped him of that and all the plans that the devil had to destroy us, Jesus defeated that. Understand today that Satan's plans from the beginning of time is that Satan wanted to be God. And because he wanted to be God and couldn't be God, God cast him out of heaven. And that day in the Garden of Eden, Satan tried to come between man and God and succeeded. You see, Satan's desire is to get between us and God. His desire is to alienate us and God. Understand today that God loves us. And nobody knows that better than the devil. Understand that God's greatest desire for us today is, is to for us to turn from sin And to fellowship with Him for all of eternity You see God desires fellowship with us But Satan desires to separate us and God And so in the Garden of Eden He got in there and he tempted man And he divided man from God And oh he was happy And oh he is happy every time That he can hinder the fellowship between us and God because he knows how much God loves us he knows how much God wants to fellowship with us I want you to know that Satan's desire is for us to live in sin his desire is for us to live in confusion bondage and eternal darkness understand the devil doesn't want anybody to be saved The devil doesn't want anybody to have eternal life. He doesn't want anybody to have abundant life. He wants us to live in misery. He wants us to be in the bondage of our sins. And understand that that day 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and born of a virgin in Bethlehem, that very Savior was sent to destroy the plans of Satan. This was a plan that was given all along way back yonder the garden of Eden. The Lord told that serpent, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. You see, God said that there will one day come a man that will bruise your head from the seed of woman. I'll never forget going to Nazareth and going to the church that they built to commemorate where the angel appeared to Mary. They built a statue of Mary and they had a serpent wrapped around her feet and at the the back of her feet, her heel was up and had the head of the serpent under Mary understand Mary didn't come to crush the head of the serpent Jesus came to crush the head of the serpent and nobody knew that better than the devil and the very day that he came Satan sought to destroy Christ because he knew that Christ came to be the eternal bridge between mankind and God you see Satan destroyed that part long time ago in the garden of Eden so Jesus came to do what Satan understood did all of those years ago and Jesus came to bridge that gap again between sinners and a holy and righteous God I want you to know that Jesus came to do that and nobody knew it better than the devil and as soon as Jesus came to this earth the devil threw everything he had at him I want you to know that he tempted him no man has ever been tempted like our Savior Jesus Christ understand that Satan wanted to destroy the plans of God To destroy the plans of the Lord And if Jesus had one time sinned He would have destroyed it If Jesus one time had given in To the temptation of the devil it would have spoiled the plans of God But understand Satan may have some power But he doesn't have all power Understand that Satan may not have destroyed the Lord's plans, but bless God, the Lord destroyed Satan's plans. And I want you to know here, He says, and having spoiled, having stripped him of their plans. Isn't that beautiful? And everything Satan desired to do, God ruined it. And oh, Satan desires to devour us. And blessed be to God, God can get in the way. And God can spoil the plans of Satan in our life. Notice verse 15. Notice this victory here And having spoiled principalities And powers You see he stripped Satan of his weapons Understand that day at Calvary When Jesus died He stripped Satan of his weapons One man said that Satan Cannot harm the believer Who will not harm himself Understand that Satan no longer Has true power over us If we give ourselves to Jesus Christ Because that day Jesus spoiled the intentions of The weapons of Satan Number two, notice here in verse 15 He made a show of them openly He made a public spectacle of Satan Exposing his deceit and vileness Understand that Satan was exposed that day at Calvary Understand in those three days Satan was exposed He was defeated Vindicating a holy and righteous God But vanquishing the devil himself Aren't you glad that Jesus exposed the devil? Aren't you glad that He revealed Him for who He is? And notice here at the end of verse 15, triumphing over them in it. That very day, those three days, Jesus triumphed over the devil. That day, He won the victory. Understand, we're not waiting for the victory to be won, it's already been won. Understand we're not looking for a victory to come We have already received the victory in Jesus Jesus won the victory What does that mean that he triumphed over him That means that day Jesus won the war He won the war There may be a a lot of little battles ahead There may be a lot of little struggles ahead But at the end of the day Thus saith the Lord I read the back of the book And guess what we win. (laughs) Because the victory has been won when Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave in those three days of victory. I am so glad today that my victory has already been won for the battle that I fought yesterday, the battles I'm going to face today, and the battles I'm going to face tomorrow. Understand, there is victory for the believer. There is victory for those who have been redeemed. Hey, you don't have to live in sorrow. You don't have to live in addiction you don't have to live in that kind of life anymore because jesus came to defeat the devil and everything that he can throw at you understand today that day he defeated death hell and the grave and victory was won i think about him triumphing what does that mean that means he locked the devil up that means he's got his number hello make it amen hallelujah <laughs> he's got his number we think sometimes, oh, man, the devil does what he wants to do. No, sir, he does what God allows him to do. Huh. He may have some power, but he doesn't have it all. Whew, I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad that day he won the victory for us. Notice Acts chapter 2. Man, I'm telling you, you can't shout by some miss Your shouter's broke. Man, isn't God good? Man, I'm glad there's victory in Jesus. Acts chapter 2. Oh, Peter stood up after Jesus ascended back. He preached that day on the day of Pentecost, that that sermon about Jesus. Verse 22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain. What's bad business right there. <laughs> but Sunday's coming. Notice verse 24. Whom God hath raised up. Boy, isn't that beautiful? Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Number two separating sinners from death the victory is that he spoiled satan's plans and the victory is that during these three days he was separating sinners from death understand that up to this point in history death has had its way with every person understanding the bible alone before jesus came or excuse me before he died and was resurrected the third day there were six people that died and rose again there there were six people that was resurrected in the Scripture, through in the Old Testament, through in the New Testament. And understand that when they died, because it's appointed unto man once to die, and all of us are going to die, death's going to come to everybody. And they died, but the power of God rose them from the grave. And so God gave them back life so that they could live again. But then nature took his course and they died again. You see, they lived, they died, they rose again, but then they died again. <laughs> you see, there's no victory in that. There was no victory in death. And up to the, to the time of the cross, death has had its way with every person that has died a sinner's death. And understand that, that death was there, but the thing, the problem was the sting of death. You can't escape death, but you can escape the, the sting of death. And you see, when Jesus came, he came to take away the sting of death. Because understand that when Jesus died, he died. And he did exactly what every person before him did. He went to a place called paradise. Now, I want to give you a real easy little lesson. It's not hard. It sounds difficult, but it's not. Before Jesus was on that cross, there was a place called paradise. That word in the Greek means holding place. It was a holding place. And according to the scripture, when Jesus gave the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, the Bible says that when the rich man died, he was in torments, he was in hell. But he looked, he looked over, there was a great gulf fix between hell and paradise. He saw Abraham. He saw the Old Testament saints. Wait a minute. I thought they were in heaven. Well, they were going to go to heaven. But you can't go to heaven but by the sun. And so they were going to this place called paradise to be held there. And what did Jesus tell the thief on the cross? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Even Jesus said, I'm not going to heaven yet. I'm going to paradise. I'm going to paradise. And Jesus died like everybody else did. Jesus' spirit went to where every other spirit in the past had gone. Understand that Jesus took your place not only in life but in death. He faced what me and you had to face. And understand that He went to the very place where everybody else went when they died. He went to that place called paradise. But I want you to notice what the Scripture says here. Notice verse 24. Having loosed the pains of death. Boy, isn't that beautiful? The word pains here is translated birth pains. Jesus was fighting the sting of death. He had to go to death. And He had to face death so that me and you would never have to. He had to go where me and you were going to go if He didn't do what He did. And I want you to know that he went and he fought death. And death has had its way with every man. But let me tell you something. This was no normal man. This was a God man. This was Jesus, the Son of God. And that day when he went to death, death tried to hold him. Death tried to strangle him. Death tried to put him in bondage. But death had no power over Jesus. Did you all hear that? Death had no power over Jesus. And it was trying and trying and trying but he could not be holding up oh boy (laughs) it could not hold him because death was not strong enough or powerful enough or big enough it wasn't bigger than Jesus Jesus was bigger than death he could not be holding of it nobody could hold him down (laughs) Boy, that's a good term us rednecks like to use. You can't hold us down. Well, friend Death couldn't hold him down. The devil couldn't hold him down. And when he went to this place, he battled and he warred with death. And may I tell you that he won. He won. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. Ephesians chapter 4. Lord, have mercy. Isn't God good? Number three, he set the captives free. Ephesians four and verse eight. Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended What is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fulfill all things. So this scripture clears it up. That before he ascended, he descended. He descended into the lower parts of the earth. But notice what verse number 8 says. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captives. Why did he go to paradise? Because he had to face what me and you were going to face if he didn't do what he was about to do. He had to face our death. Number two, why did he go? You know why? To lead the captivity captive. To set them free from that holding place. Y'all ever heard of King David? You ever heard of Moses? You ever heard of Elijah and Elisha? And all of those Old Testament saints? They didn't go to heaven when they died. They went to a holding place called paradise. But when Jesus died, He went to the heart of the earth to take every one of those Old Testament saints to line them up and say, come on, let's get ready. And all that place that David preached about and sang about, he was fixing to get to see. You say, preacher, why didn't they go to heaven? Because no man can come unto the Father but by me is what Jesus said. No man can go to heaven but except through Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. And Jesus in that very act proved that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by him. And he got down there in paradise, and I don't know what he all did. But I'm just, I'm going to picture it like this. If you picture it differently, you can preach it later. But it's my turn right now. I believe he got down there. And I believe Elijah and Moses and Abraham, I believe they started shouting. And I believe they started singing. And I believe there was victory in that place, and there was a shout down there like that has never been heard before. And while the Christians may have been weeping and wailing on earth, oh, while the sinners were sitting there in disbelief, there was a shout that's never been heard before. And I believe all the angels in heaven were singing and shouting. And oh, they were singing that heavenly song that only God's heavenly host can sing. And oh, they began to sing. The world thought they won, the devil thought he won. But heaven was shouting and rejoicing and singing. (laughs) Jesus said, I ain't got nothing on me said come on let's line up David get in line Elisha oh Rahab get up here with me and oh he lined every one of them blood bought Old Testament believers up he lined them up and said come on it's time to get to the father's house it's time to get to glory land I'm telling you Abraham he looked all over this world and he couldn't find that place and oh he longed for a place whose builder and maker was God and Jesus said come on Abraham I'm fixing to show you come on let's Let's get in line and let's go to glory land oh man glory to God he lined them up he said we're getting to heaven man they got up here heaven heaven started rocking man I'm telling you heaven got loud angels started rejoicing men was weeping on earth but heaven was in celebration and I believe this this morning that heaven hasn't started shouting since it hadn't stopped. He's still shouting today. He's still shouting today because when our loved ones die in the Lord, they go be with Him. And God is still receiving people in heaven. Let not your heart be troubled. If ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house for many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Lord, have mercy. Look in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Let's get ready for an invitation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The lady sang that song earlier and I thought about this. Verse 13, But i not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Hey, we have hope today. We have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, y'all believe He died and rose again? I believe He rose again. I believe He defeated death, hell, and the grave. You say, you believe that man's preacher? I sure do. I believe every jot and tittle of it. He's the Savior of the world. Notice what He said. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also would sleep in Jesus. Will God bring with Him? (gasps) Oh, man. For this we say unto you by the Word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Back years ago, the Jews and the Muslims said, we're going to stop Jesus from coming. Bible said when he steps on the Mount of Olives, he's going across the Kidron Valley to the eastern gate. He said, well, this is God. He can't walk among the dead. So they put a, uh, a graveyard out there. Oh, Jesus can't touch that graveyard. You know what? So they they said, well, just in case that doesn't stop Him, let's put that gate up there and let's seal it. Let's concrete it. Let's put every material that we can make and put it up to prevent the coming of Christ. You can't stop Him. You can't stop Him. He's coming. And little do those, trying to be respectful, Jewish people and Islamist people, Little did they know that those that are dead, they're going to get up anyway. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. You can't prevent Him. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Listen now. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I don't give a rip what Washington does. I don't give a rip what Russia does. Because I know what Jesus is going to do one day. He's going to split that eastern sky wide open. And as He led those Old Testament saints up to heaven, He's coming back for the New Testament saints. And He's stepping out on the clouds. And He's going to say, Come on. Come on. Come on. I done defeated death. Death has no more sting over you. Whether I'm 50, 80, I hope next year Jesus comes back. It's going to go back to this one thing. Thirteen-year-old boy. West Monroe, Louisiana. Holy Spirit of God came on me and convicted me of my sin. And I knew that there and then that if I died, I was going to hell. And the preacher took the Bible and he told me about the power of God and how Jesus paid the price. (laughs) That God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. No, I read that scripture and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And told me I was lost and dying. But there was victory in Jesus. And that 13 year old boy fell over his mom and daddy's bed shouting. And just shouting Lord save me. Lord forgive me. And that very day Jesus came in and saved my soul. And I hadn't been the same since. Something got a hold of me that day. I'm telling you somebody as big as God gets a hold of you. He's going to stick out somewhere. And he got in me that day. Death has no more power over me. The devil has no more weapon over me. How dare me give the devil place anymore? Jesus spoiled that mess a long time ago. He may have some power, but he doesn't have it all. Here we are celebrating a risen Savior. And maybe there's somebody in this place that never met him. Maybe there's somebody in this place that says, Preacher, if I die today, I'm not going to heaven. I'm going to hell. You need to be saved. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And if you feel like today that you would go to that place called hell, I want to encourage you to run up here right now. Let me show you how to be saved. I can't save you, but I know a man who can. I can show you to him. Would you run down this aisle right now? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Nobody's looking around. She's playing the piano. If God is working and moving in your heart, would you answer Him? If you need to be saved, would you come?